Hey yo, what's groovy? It's your boy Michael Trapson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Shimona! Ow! The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. I love you! <laughs> I love my fans. Just simply Michael Jackson. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 109. Today we've got the Michael Trapson special. So excited to be talking to Trapson. Trapson is a superstar in the MJ world, making amazing, amazing tribute videos uh, to Michael Jackson. We got Captain EO, What If Michael Jackson Was a Mumble Rapper, all kinds of amazing videos. Uh, I love Trapson, I'm so glad he can finally be on the MJ cast to chat about all that he does. We're also here with Jenkins of Moonwalk Talks, fellow MJ podcaster from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Welcome back to the MJ cast, Trapson. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, guys. You know, all support, all love for the MJ community. That's it. And welcome back to the show, DJ Jenkins. Hello, hello, hello. You know, I love you guys, and it's so good to be back. So thank you again for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on and join us in our uh, season five. It's been a little while since your last visit, but we are happy to have you. And yes, Michael Trapson, thank you so much for joining us. Whereabouts are you calling in from today, Trapson? I'm calling in from Philadelphia, man. We are in Pennsylvania. Philly, Philly, Philly. (laughs) Philly in the house, Tulsa in the house, and Brisbane and Perth from down under. It is a international MJ cast episode today. Now we've been talking with Michael Trapson for a little while in the background trying to schedule this and we're so happy that it's finally happening. There's been some pretty big releases on your video channel recently and we cannot wait to talk about those in the show with our listeners. But first up, Michael Trapson, could you tell us about your early life? Like, where did you grow up and how did you first get into creating music? Well, I first started in Gary, Indiana. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, um, you know, I grew up in Philadelphia, man. I used, to, I, used to, I used to play drums as a kid. I grew up playing drums. I got me into music. Uh, my dad was in a band. Uh, all my uncles and family members, they, they're kind of like the Jacksons in his own right. <laughs> uh, so, so I was always surrounded by music. I grew up skateboarding. Uh, then I started rapping. And I was always like, a, you know, always make comedy. Like always, the, I was always the jokester, the class clown, you know, in school. So one day I came up with an idea when I got off of work. And it was just a, like, you know, I don't know. I was, I was under the influence of, you know, some, some groovy trees and someone told me, what, what if Michael Jackson was a rapper? And I'd never really seen it done before. So I decided to make a funny little video. And, you know, by, you know, by the powers of the internet, it went viral in a week. And, you know, they was asking for a part two. I gave him a part two, Billie Jean and I dab. And now that's one of those songs that's kind of like a gift and a curse. <laughs> With everybody, I love Billie Jean and I dab. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was one of them. That was a funny song. I wasn't really, you know, that serious with it, but I was serious. But you know, with the with the with the meaning with, with the verses. But I wasn't, you know, uh, it was supposed to be like a fun song. 
But yeah, I grew up in Philadelphia. So you were you were basically you were like firstly mainly a rapper, right? And then yeah, you just kind of like uh, decided oh, I'm gonna do the the Michael Jackson thing. Were you recording original music? I mean, because you used to go by uh, OJ Kano, I think it was, right? Yeah, yeah, I was OJ Kano. Yeah, Kano, I was, I was okay. a rapper, and but I was always an MJ fan, you know. But I just never, you know, knew how to. I, I, I told myself I wanted to do an MJ tribute uh, before I turned 25. You know, I wanted to do something a tribute to Thriller before I before I was older than Michael Jackson during Thriller. But I never knew what I wanted to do. But yeah, I've always done music and. You know, so that was kind of like my introduction to the traps and stuff. Got it, got it. And, and and take us back a little bit about being a Michael Jackson fan. What are your earliest memories of MJ? Oh, my first memory of MJ when I was about two or three and my parents had on the Dangerous concert. And the first thing I thought, the first thing I said was, hey, mommy, who, who's that lady on TV? And she's like, that ain't a lady, that's Michael Jackson. I was like, because I was confused because, you know, he had long hair <laughs> and, and lipstick, you know. So, I, you know, it's like two or three years old, you think that's what girls, that's what girls wear. But I was just so, you know, uh, amused by the way he was singing and dancing. And then I remember that next, that same night, I had a dream about just, just some flashes from like the history History, um, cause, you know, I had the history tape too. So I remember, I remember dreaming about being on like a hill with, with the, like a, a sunset, like, like an orange sunset, and seeing like Michael Jackson walking with kids. Um, I was must be like three or four years old. I had a dream and I heard like the history music and like the, the songs from the history tape playing in the background. Then I see Michael Jackson's big face, like a big face Michael Jackson across the sunrise. So those are my earliest, earliest dreams and memories of Michael Jackson going all the way back. So what about Michael's music and, and him as a performer made you want to transition from your own music, your own original music to something inspired and sort of tributing to michael well like i said it started off as like okay because i got mad respect for michael jackson so i never wanted to like you know use his image and try to like you know claim it as my own so i started off as just just doing little jokes like joke videos it was never it was never supposed to even be serious but then when it got the attention that it got and people was telling me like yo bro you can really like you know go ahead and go go forward with this and be like the voice for michael jackson and you know be the voice that we wish Michael Jackson could have been at some point, you know, like when when everybody was talking down on Michael Jackson, accusing him of all this this BS that's going on back in the nineties and stuff. We, we sometimes we wish we wish that Michael Jackson would just stood up and be like, you know what, F y'all, F y'all, <laughs> I'm innocent. You know what I mean? Instead instead of being so soft spoken. So that's where Traps and come in, you know what, Traps can get away with that because it's like the alter ego of what Michael Jackson could have been. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that if, you know, back in the day, if Michael Jackson would have maybe taken a harder stance on a lot of the things that that were going up against him, instead of just kind of rolling over and and uh, letting it happen, I, I do think that a lot of people uh, probably wouldn't have messed with him as much later on. So yeah, I, I do agree with you on that aspect as well. And, and it's, a, it's a what if Michael Jackson situation. It's not, this is how Michael Jackson is. This is not, I'm trying to change the legacy. This is a what if scenario. It's like, okay, what if this would have happened? Things might have been different, you know, or there's like an insight to see how it could have been. It's fun to watch when you think of it that way. Like I, love, I yesterday, I watched the uh, "What if Michael Jackson was a stoner" video. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's just a, it's Smoking a whole lot. Loud. <laughs> it's it's a whole lot of um of fun. And so, talk to us about when you started the traps and character years ago. How has the character evolved over over time? Well, when I look back at my videos, I'd be like, "Damn, I was moving a little stiff there." <laughs> 
because I was never a dancer. Um, I mean, I danced a little bit. I, I mean, of course, I learned how to, I knew how to moonwalk when I was eight, and I knew how to do like the Billie Jean routine, you know, when I was a kid. But I ain't never, I never really studied dancing. So uh, people, you know, encourage me. Like they say, hey, if you're gonna be trapping, you need to like, you know, learn how to dance a little better. And and I'm a tall guy, so it's not really, you know, it's a little harder for me to make the moves look as crisp as somebody who's like, you know, five foot nine or something. So I definitely noticed the change in, you know, the way I do my hair, the makeup. Just the whole, the overall message I'm trying to, I'm trying to present now. Cause before I just, I just did little jokes here and there, but now I'm like, okay, Michael Jackson was all about the kids and inspiring the kids. So now our, one of our latest releases, we we, re, we had remade the Pepsi commercial, and uh, the the one with Alfonso Barrow in 1984, but we did it with a twist. If you see the video, you know, instead of using soda, we we, we try and encourage kids to drink water. You feel me? <laughs> so I'm always trying to like you know. Like take what Michael Jackson did, put my own little twist to it, and make you think about it later on. Nineteen eighty four. What does that mean for Michael Trapson? See, that's 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 a good question because to me, in my personal opinion, like I think Michael, I think Michael was at his best overall in nineteen eighty four. Now, keep in mind, I grew up on Dangerous and History. Those are my favorite eras because that was the, the, the that was how Michael. That's why I remember Michael Jackson as growing up. But, you know, after the whole legacy has been laid out, after, you know, even after Michael Jackson's passed, you know, my favorite era was Bad and Dangerous growing up. And um, but once I got to watch his whole legacy in retrospect, I realized that, in my personal humble opinion, Michael Jackson was the most grooviest, the most magical, and to me, the most just like, the most happiest between Off the Wall and, and the Bad Era. And I I just felt like when I watched Victory or nineteen anything from Michael Jackson in nineteen eighty four, you just feel a sense of magic. There was there was it was before you know all the crazy allegations. It was before uh, you know some of his you know uh, transformations and stuff. It was before people was really you know, back in eighty four. Michael Jackson was like a god. You know nobody you had you really couldn't say nothing bad about Michael Jackson back then. He was like, on top of the world. He was the most famous back then. He 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 met. That's when he met. You know, Ronald Reagan at the White House. Like people, people tend to forget, especially a lot of kids in this generation. They don't realize how famous and how big Michael Jackson was when Thriller came out because you know they're so used to just Michael Jackson and trial era or Michael Jackson. You know, uh, dangerous and black and white. So they they, used to, they don't realize the impact that Thriller had back in back in those days. He sure had the glow then. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, he had the glow. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I've I've always said, you know, my I think the the era where Michael was creatively, I don't know about at his peak creatively, but certainly putting out the most prolific sort of amount of music would be, have to be between, you know, the Jackson's Destiny period all the way through to the end of Thriller. So like late 70s to sort of mid 80s. It's just you're never going to yes. see in another artist ever, I reckon, a, another run of albums that consistent every couple of years. Right, and the, and later eras are great too. Don't get me wrong, like 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 I said, Man and Mirror, the whole bad album, that stuff touches my soul. But I just love the grooviness of you know how, and not just Michael Jackson, nineteen eighty four period. I love the movies that came out, B Street, Terminator, Breaking. Uh, what was it? Not Weird, Weird Science came out a little later, but just the, the movies that came out around that time, just the music, like the the, the early hip hop, uh, Kumo D, the the was it uh. Uh, Furious Five, like I just love, I just love that that 1984 swag. 
Purple Rain. Everybody back then. <laughs> Purple Rain. You know, yeah. Prince was pop. You know what I mean? It was a it was a really good time. And not not to mention, my parents also got married in 1984. And uh, they still together to this day. So something about 1984 has always been, like, you know, special. Even as a kid, before I was, you know, like, before I thought Michael Jackson was my favorite in that era, I always just loved something about those years. And pop culture, period. <laughs> yeah. You've made quite a few MJ inspired videos at this point at what point do you think that it really clicked for you that this was the main direction that you wanted to go was it a particular video or a particular moment that you had doing the traps and character it was definitely when i did billy jean and i dab uh it was a, that was a, a very interesting time on social media pair because <clears throat> i had never seen a million views or even a hundred thousand views on anything before so when I did that video, that, that video reached a, a million views in eight hours. <laughs> like I went to work, Whoa. I went to work, put it on Facebook. And uh, by the time I got off work, it was already over a million views. Wow. And I ain't gonna lie, that, that feeling uh, kind of made me sick a little bit to, to know that, you know, a million people just saw me in eight hours and they judging me watching, you know, this, this, this character. And some people call it, some people think it's disrespectful. Some people think I'm weird. Some people think it's the greatest thing they've ever seen in their life. So it was a weird feeling to, you know, at, at, at first. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to explain because, you know, you could say, oh, you still got a million views, but it's a million people watching you and judging you. So you kind of feel that energy all at once, you know. I ain't getting a million views in a day no more. At times it's changed, you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think that was the time where I realized, you know, I, I can probably do something with this character and, like, kind of be the voice be what I want to see, you know. I want to see more of 84 Michael. That period was so short. That victory era was very short. So I want to kind of extend that a little bit in my own little way. And plus, you look at you look around, you know, the majority of Michael Jackson tribute artists, is, you don't really see anybody tributing, you know, the Jackson 5 era or the, the uh, Rock with, you know, the Triumph era. The, the Thriller era victory is always either bad, uh, dangerous, or history. Why do you think that is? Because I've always wondered that. Every time you see a tribute artist, they're dressed up in sort of dangerous history-looking era. Why, why is, you know, Off the Wall and Thriller not as recognized by tribute artists? Most tribute shows, they have expectations. So when you think, when you think about Michael Jackson, you're not thinking about the Jacksons. You're thinking about Michael Jackson as a whole solo career. So I guess you can't just be out there looking like Thriller era when you, when you still have to perform Man in Mirror blood on the dance floor jam you know michael jackson's looks change so much so you kind of got you kind of got to keep up with him and another thing is that a lot of the, the majority of tribute artists are are not uh african-american a lot of more you know white or maybe hispanic or from europe somewhere a lot, a lot of big ones so they are naturally you know lighter skinned so they can easily portray michael jackson in a dangerous era or michael jackson in a history era is it will it will probably look kind of silly if they try to, you know, put blackface on and be, that'd be a whole, that'd be a whole other situation. A lot of people <laughs> get mad about that. They don't want those problems, but I guess there's not a lot of African American tribute artists. Period. In this climate, the way that everything is going right now, uh, there's no way that even even a, a tribute artist of you know Hispanic descent could put on blackface. It, it would be a disaster. It was <laughs> like right now, right. everybody's insane <laughs> about that stuff. So. And you gotta be really, really careful when it comes to Michael Jackson, man. Mm -hmm. Like, but you know what's crazy? Like, they don't care. I mean, I don't care. My thing is, if you if you're gonna do Michael Jackson, you're gonna do Michael Jackson. But what makes me mad is they'll get mad if a white person gets in blackface to to portray Michael Jackson. 
But nobody's saying nothing about all the black people painting themselves to be white to be like Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because Michael Jackson's still black. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, he just was, he just got light skin. I also think another reason why a lot of artists go towards the more dangerous and history Michael Jackson is because uh, his look was a lot more um, exaggerated at that point. And it's at least, I would think it would be easier to kind of pull off that makeup and the hairstyles than it yeah. is to actually pull off. Because, uh, you know, he, he did have a more you know, natural look during the thriller days. So, yeah, that, that's a, a, to me, I think that's probably another reason why folks go towards the dangerous history versions. Right. And, and a lot of people's favorite songs are like Smooth Criminal, or favorite dance routines, Smooth Criminal, Dangerous, Jam, Black or White, The Way to Be Phil. You have to, you know, and, and Michael Jackson looked good in, in the bad era. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. people want people like having a long hair. That's cool, you know. I, I was one of those people. I, as growing up, I thought the bad era was the coolest looking Michael Jackson ever. He had the long hair. I'm light. I'm naturally like you know light. I'm a light brown skin, so I, he, it kind of looked like my skin my skin tone. So I kind of could relate to the, the way he looked in the bad era as a kid. So, and I think that was another reason why you know the reason Michael Jackson changing. Well, we you know him having a bit of LIGO, and it's the whole fact that he did change. It reached, you know. Every kind of person in the world, you know, just by him, by his skin color, by his skin color changing, he was able to resonate, you know, with people and they can relate to him because they see themselves in him. Yeah. I'm just off skin color and music alone, you know, so it was another way for them to touch other people without him probably even realizing that. Mm-hmm. I was the same way growing up, man. I, I, I'm mixed with black and white. And so when I was younger, I saw him on screen. I'm like, hey, this guy kind of looks like me. You know, <laughs> you had that same right. skin tone. And so it made you feel a little closer to him, you know? Right. So, and so you felt like if you're doing a Michael Jackson movie, you don't look stupid because, oh, Michael Jackson looked like me. You know I'm saying he was a little lighter and he was a little darker, you know, mm-hmm. so I could pull it off, you know? So, and I, and I, I asked some of my, my fellow tribute friends that too, especially ones that are white. I'd be like, yo. Let me ask you, if Michael Jackson's skin never turned light, do you think you'd be a Michael Jackson tribute right now? And a lot, 99% of them always get defensive at first. Of course I would. It's not, it's not about his color. But I'm like, do you see anybody like that super duper dark portraying uh, Elvis? No. <laughs> or do you see anybody portraying Prince if they're like super, super white? Yeah, I mean, you know, or too super black. It's, you know, it's, 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 you got to really ask yourself, would you really, if Michael Jackson's skin color, if he was still the same way he was, during the Jackson 5 era, and he never changed. There was no talk about black and white Michael Jackson. He was just black Michael Jackson like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think anybody's going to portray him that wasn't black? It's like, like do you think somebody is white that's going to portray Tito or Jermaine? Exactly. For a Jackson's biopic, it ain't going to happen. Yep. You know, so. That's a really good point. Yeah. And it's not it's not, it's not, it's not taking away from anybody, you know. It's not trying to come at anybody. But it's a, it's a question to think, like, damn, this would have never happened. I would have never known these people. I would never had this job, you know. So, you know, Michael Jackson's skin changing kind of did open up doors for this lot of other people without, you know, when you look at it in a big, the big picture. <laughs> How has your MJ look evolved over the few years you've been doing Trapson? Yeah. <laughs> I, did a, I did a comparison video. I, I did a comparison picture on my Instagram uh, from 2016 when I tried to do the, I did a quick little Pepsi spoof with Carlson. Uh, bumps in the back of me and I turn around and I posted that picture in 2016 and then the one we did this year in 2019 and you can see the look <clears throat> I sent you guys the picture you can see the, just the differences off that picture like I looked my, my hair was way different makeup was way different I learned so much <clears throat> about makeup and how to pull off the illusion of uh, the Michael Jackson look throughout you know through, through a lot of my tribute friends in the MJ community like Jeffy Perez 
rest in peace, Lane Lasseter. He the one that taught everybody how to do, you know, a lot of the makeup tricks. Really, it was Jackie Perez that showed me a lot, you know, about how to do a lot of that stuff. And he's another guy that went viral as well. Um, do you perform live as well? Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually about to do a show uh, in Hawaii uh, for around Halloween time. Be flying out. It's my first time going to Hawaii, so yeah. I definitely perform. I perform traps and songs. I perform, I do some, you know, MJ. Also, you know, tribute shows. You know, once in a while, I go out there, you know, just just do a straight Michael Jackson set, no traps, and then a lot of times I go to a club, whatever. I just do some traps and songs. Depends on what the, what the what the venue is and what the vibe is and what the people want. I try to do everything, man. You know, I try to do it all. <laughs> wow. Now I've dealt with booking um, Michael Jackson tribute artists before. Uh, do you have any like interesting stories of doing some of the different shows or dealing with uh, you know the promoters, crowds, anything like that? Yes, yeah, I've, I've been a couple of shows. I've been to some cool shows, man. I've been up like you know a couple of cities where like I go there, they all just you know they know all the songs. I was like, wow, you guys really you really like this stuff, you know? It's, it's amazing to see that. I've been to some places where they was like, oh, who is this guy? I've been to places where, you know, obviously back when I first started, people would try to, you know, finesse me. They try to get me to do stuff for free. And I learned, you know, you can't be doing that anymore, you know, you, you know, after a while. And people try to get over you, so you got to make sure everything is in contract, everything is in writing. Otherwise, you're going to see a nice day at the at court. <laughs> you know, you try to get over on traps and you might get smoked out real quick. But, uh... But yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah, that's that's another monster in itself. This the the, the business. Mm-hmm. It's all fun and games on a video and everything. But when it comes to the business, that's when things can. It can be cool, but sometimes it get hectic. And you know, depending on who the promoter, who the booking agent are, it can kind of take away from the fun. So that's why I'm I'm happy I have my platform that I have now, where I am my own boss. I make my own, you know, I make my own money. I don't have nobody telling me what I can or can't or can or can't do. Do they ever come to you and like ask you to do a specific set of songs, or are you able to mainly kind of do your own play, uh, your your own? Uh, yeah, I basically do my own thing. I, I do my own thing. I just, but I always ask them like, do you want? I ask them firsthand, do you want a Trapson or or a Jackson show? Like, what are you asking for? And, they, and they're like, no, we want a Trapson show. Or some people might be like, oh, we want a, we want a, we know we want a, a Jackson show. Come through, just do Michael Jackson. Make sure you do like Billie Jean and stuff. As long as you do Billie Jean, you can do whatever else. I'm like, okay, cool. That's that's pretty easy. My version of the Michael Jackson show would be a lot different than most tributes because they gotta they gotta do more work. And I give them credit. If you're doing any any era past thriller, you have to do more choreography. You have to do uh, dangerous. You gotta do. You might have to do ghost. Remember the time. Smooth Criminal, Jam, a lot of big choreography sets. When my, my stuff is more... See, Michael Jackson, in the early years, yeah, he had kind of minor choreography with his dancing, but it was more just grooving out. Like, most of the sets back in the 70s and 80s were just grooving. It was groovy, it was, he's grooving. But even even when he performed uh, Beat It on a victory tour, it was barely any choreo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was just him and Marlon up there just grooving at the end. They, they kind of they kind of the choreo for like two <laughs> seconds, but even the Billy Alvin consider Billy Jean is a choreo. It's just a it's well it's core it's not choreo. It's more just thought out grooviness. That's what I call it. It's this thought out grooviness that Michael Jackson uh, did on stage. That jam choreo, that that smooth criminal, that, those are intense, man. So I give them I give those guys that to go out there and, and that's what they have to do and makeup. And wigs and, you know, trying to pull that look off. It's, that's it. I give it to him. I couldn't do that. I, I did it. I've tried the, uh, the pan, I, I did a remake of the Panther dance. And, um, 
and that was my first time really trying to do uh, the dangerous era, and it was it was funny, but I pulled it off though. I definitely did it, but uh, I don't think I'll be doing that for a long time. I just feel more comfortable <laughs> in the '84 groove. Well, I mean, you've explained really well how your tribute gig differs from some other tribute artists, but what about how a Trapson gig differs from uh, a Michael Jackson gig? Well, that's the thing. That's that's a good question because. When you when I'm trapsing, I have to like kind of be on the line, you know, kind of draw the line between okay, can I go too ratchet on this show, or do what give? I have to give them basically a little bit of everything. I gotta give them some. Okay, I'm a turned up, you know what I mean, rapper in this day and age, but I also gotta give them a couple moves in between and be a little smooth with it, and you know, have that Michael Jackson swag. Otherwise, I'm just look, I'm just a dude out there rapping just with Michael Jackson face on. That can get corny real quick, but I try to give them a little bit of both. But at the same time, uh, depending on if, like, if I'm doing like a club, I don't really gotta do too much. There's, there's not like a big stage or anything, so I go out there just turn up, have some fun, dance with a couple girls, and uh, interact with the crowd a little bit, take pictures, and that's pretty much it. I want I actually want to take this a little bit further. Like I, yeah, Travson is cool, but my my idea for the for the most uh, be an epic show would it be to have every era of Michael Jackson perform at the same time. Like we're kind of doing that now. There's a, I don't know if you guys seen the MJ Avengers. Uh, I was watching it literally yeah. yesterday, and I shared it with our group chat. I absolutely love the one to be yep. starting something. One, it is incredible. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't like my part because you know my my belt kept falling off. <laughs> I was mad she put it up, but uh, but yeah, it was just like something we've been trying to do. Just like I always, I always had this vision. We need every era. You need every well, as many as you can. You know, and I feel like that was a good starting point. And people are now starting to catch on to like, oh, different eras. And I'm like, that can spark up a good show. I, me as an MJ fan, just not even being Trapson, but me just being an MJ fan. If I went to an MJ tribute show, I want to see multiple eras. I don't, I don't want to just see Dangerous. I don't just want to see Victory. I want to see it all. I want to see Bad. I want to see Off the Wall. I want to get a piece of everything. I want to leave that show like, damn, I really enjoyed myself there. That was a really, really dope show. I saw all the Michael Jackson I need to see, and I want to watch it again. Cause stuff like that, you gotta you gotta come to twice. You gotta watch it twice. Cause you gotta focus on different people, you know. But it's a it's an idea that hasn't really been been done yet. I agree. I understand why. I think it's a, a fantastic idea. I'd I'd never thought of it until I saw that video uh, of the wannabe starting something, and I was like, that is awesome. Imagine having every MJ of every era on stage together, interacting with each other. Performing the same song mm-hmm. in their, you know, the different costumes from the different eras. It's fantastic. Are you guys talking about maybe doing a show like that? Well, yeah, we definitely, yeah, we definitely been considering that. But the, the only problem is a lot of people they live all over the world. Like our, our the girl that posted it, Krista MJ, she's a fantastic dancer, but she lives all the way out in Finland, so that's kind of complicated to be able to get her, you know, to rehearse a lot. Uh, but the great thing about Michael Jackson is that we all know the the routines. <laughs> And another great thing is that we're all friends and there's no, there's no ego. That's one thing I told everybody in the beginning. I said, you, if we're going to dance together, we're going to rock out together. I need everybody to put their ego, keep that shit at the door. Because uh, when it comes to this, in order for this to work, you can't worry about who is better than who. You can't worry about who looks more like Michael Jackson, who dance. Like, you can't worry about none of that. Just come out here, have fun. And the people going to talk regardless. They're going to say, oh, I like her better. Or I like him better. Oh, he's the best. You know, you, you can't let none of that get to you. The whole point is to give them a visual. Of course they're going to compare. If, even if they put 
five actual Michael Jacksons. <laughs> they got five eras of the real Michael Jackson on stage <laughs> at one point. Some people be like, oh no, I like Dangerous way better than I like Off the Wall. So you're gonna have a, you're gonna have those people anyway. So, but that's the good thing about it. And there's no ego. Even me, like I've you know, I don't I don't act like I'm better than anybody because I got more views or anything like that. That's never been a problem with with our uh, situation. So when you look at yourself as an, an artist, do you, do you think of yourself more as an actor, a tribute artist, or or a musician? Oh, uh, I'm all of that. Definitely all of that because I'm definitely an actor now because I <laughs> then did a whole. I did a couple short films now with the whole Trapson thing. Um, uh, definitely a musician. I guess I play drums. I record my own vocals. I record all my own music in my house, uh, and I and I edit all my videos too. So I'm an editor as well. Wow. Whoa. What has the wider public reception been to your videos? Uh, who do you see as like your main audience? Is it like only Michael Jackson fans or is it more of like the the newer generation that's just kind of you know that, that kind of falls into like the new music the new trends like how do you who do you feel is your main audience my main audience is definitely Michael Jackson fans but it's also a mixture too it's like a lot of people obviously love Michael Jackson and they they love me too but it's been a lot of people that just some people are not even trap fans like some people are Michael Jackson fans and not even trap music fans, but now they like trap music because of me. Or some people weren't even Michael Jackson fans, and now that I've been so crazy, you know, doing traps, and now they made them want to go back and watch Michael Jackson, and now they love Michael Jackson again. And and a lot of the kids that follow me, they didn't even know who Michael Jackson was, and that's crazy. It's, it's scary to think that we're in that time now where there's just there's just a generation who wasn't even exposed to Michael Jackson. Now we grew up. We grew up with Michael Jackson. Now, Michael Jackson's been gone for 10 years now, so these new kids are like 10, 12, 13. They're not really constantly... They, don't, they can't constantly remember Michael Jackson. So now it's up to us, you know, the older people, to, you know, put them on to who Michael Jackson was. And what's a better way that, uh, than give them, the, you know, the Motown era? Like, go back and watch Michael Jackson from this era. Go back and watch from that. Go, go from the start and then go all the way to the end, and then you can appreciate the whole legacy as a whole. So, I, I think I like that gives me the most satisfaction when people, mothers or, or fathers, they all hit me up and say, "Yo, you, man, my kids didn't know who Michael Jackson was, but they watched the video, and then we start watching the real Michael Jackson, and now they're fans of both, man. Thank you for that. You introduced them to, you know, Michael Jackson. So that's always cool." Simone.
Hi, this is Jonathan Sugarfoot Moffat, drummer for Michael Jackson and the Jacksons, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. So recently, I, I had um, a diehard fan of MJ ask me about Michael Trapson. I'm sure that you deal with this. Some fans might see some of your videos, or they might think that you're trying to be disrespectful towards Michael Jackson. Pe- oh yeah. People who don't know <laughs> you may think that you uh, are trying to like make fun of him or making jokes at his expense. I mean, we personally, we really, really like your videos. Uh, but of course, what would you say to the people that think that you're either kind of taking the piss out of Michael Jackson, you know? <laughs> I, I tell them to go back and really watch what, the, watch what you just saw. The main flack I've got over this whole Trapson experience was the, was the Michael Jackson was it. And that was that was the like the biggest controversy because it was supposed to be you know this this killer clown that lowered kids into the video. So, but if you watch the video, I lowered I lowered in myself. I played well, I played white Michael Jackson like trial era Michael Jackson lowering in Trapson. But the whole point was supposed to be that it wasn't supposed to be Michael Jackson. It was supposed to be Pennywise taking the shape of Michael Jackson because if you watch it, it Pennywise was a shapeshifter. So. He took the shape of Michael Jackson to lure me in because he knew I would go in the sewer to grease for my glove if Michael Jackson was in there. That was, you know, that was the whole point. So people think that I'm trying to make fun of Michael Jackson. No, I make fun of everybody. You know, if, if you're my friend, I'm going to make fun of you. If you're my friend, you're going to make fun of me. Like, that's how I joke around. And I look at Michael Jackson as like family, you know, as, as if, you know, he was like our, our musical father. In a sense, he wrote his music. It was like the soundtrack to our lives. So I feel like... He connected with everybody, so I feel like he has a very deep connection with me. I love Michael Jackson so much, I can make fun of the stuff. I can make fun, I make fun of everything. I make fun of things that I like. You know, I could like a jacket that I'll make fun of. Like, I'll buy a victory jacket, like the AMA's jacket. And I, I look at it, I like, I like a, 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 a red condom or something right now. I look, I'll just make fun of myself right now, I'm just playing around. I'm always <laughs> joking around. And, it's, and it's, not, it's not to be mean, it's just to have fun. Michael Jackson was a prankster. Michael Jackson liked to have fun. And I'm pretty sure that uh, he'd have found my videos hilarious and probably wanted me to write a song for him or something. <laughs> oh, I, I totally agree. I, I, think that, I think that MJ had a great uh, pers- uh, you know, sense of humor. And I do believe that we should be able to uh, kind of make fun you know, with Michael Jackson. Uh, like, like last night, me and my wife were watching the bad music video. You know? And it's like, of course, I've seen it a million times. But you watch it, and you're like, how did this guy get away with, you know, or even on Beat It, he's just trying to act like a hard ass. And it's like, how did Michael Jackson, <laughs> how did he get away with this, you know? And it's just, it's, it's fun to kind of, you know, think about these things. And I don't understand why people can't take the jokes because if it comes from a sincere love of the guy, you know, then I don't see any problem with, you know, kind of having a fun time with these. Right. I, I can see if I was like somebody who wasn't even a Michael Jackson fan, like kind of just playing like, like, like how, how Eminem did in his video where his nose is falling off. You don't see me talking about my nose falling off. You know, well, I, I did do a, um, a cartoon where somebody put that in there. But that was, these guys are Michael Jackson fans. They did a whole cartoon, Bruno Mars versus Michael Jackson. And in one part, Bruno Mars shot his nose off. It, it wasn't the worst thing, man, in the world. It was fun. Um... But and, and then he beats up Bruno Mars. It was like it was kind of back and forth. But you don't see me talking about child molestation. You don't see me talking about uh, uh, I bleach my skin. You don't see me talking about I'm you know I'm gonna get you. You know I, I try to portray Michael Jackson as if he was the man, and especially my Trapson character as if you know the media try to portray Michael Jackson as, as a homosexual pedophile. 
And I'm like, no, that ain't what it is. My man Michael Jackson loved chicks. And you're going to see Trapson with some girls just to remind you that, yeah, my man could have bagged your chick. <laughs> and all that. Because they, they think he ain't like girls, man. You got to you gotta kind of... You got to kind of stand up for him in that sense. Yeah, I do appreciate that you do that. I, a lot of your lyrics have that, you know, that you 100% back MJ. And you're, yeah, I love that about that. Right. And if you listen to all the songs, I say Conrad Murray was a liar. He was just the fall guy. I'm the king of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I say stuff like that, like little Easter eggs. Like, that you, like you, you can't, you cannot be a, you can't not be an MJ fan saying stuff like that, you know? You can't, and the people don't listen. And most time, the people that don't like it, they, they usually like little thirteen-year-olds or a little twelve-year-olds, little with the, with the little MJ fan accounts, uh, <laughs> saying Michael Michael Trapson said that Michael Jackson was this and all. Like, no, I didn't, man. Go go watch the whole video and you see for yourself, like, you know. But I, I usually don't pay no attention to it because when I first started off, I got a lot of hate anyway, so I'm used to the hate. And if you're not getting any kind of hate, then you're not doing something right. So. That's so true. Well, you, you mentioned, you know, you've had to deal with some haters. You know, you mentioned the, the It parody video that you did, but you've also done videos like Fuck Wade. Right. So, <laughs> and, and some of your earlier vids. So, you know, what is the reception to some of those, I guess, in a, in a sense, more controversial videos? What has the reception been to something like Fuck Wade? Oh, yeah. That, that, was, the, that was probably one of the best videos I could have ever done, to be honest, because... It was to me. It was powerful. It stood for something. It stood for, in defense of Michael Jackson. It was that voice that a lot, of, a lot of the MJ fans could, didn't have. They didn't have a platform to say F Wade. Uh, they tried it, but you know, some these are regular people. They don't have you know big followings and stuff like that. So now they're. I'm kind of like the savior uh, when it comes to standing up for Michael Jackson. And that song got me closer. Got me. Got me recognized by the Jacksons. They respect me now. Uh, for staying up for Michael Jackson at a time when the whole world was turning back against Michael Jackson. It was like a trend to be, you know, cancel Michael. Like, nah, bro. It's, it, it ain't that easy. They trying to, you know, cancel him. Like, and people forgot that we've been through this shit before. We've been through, uh, you know, them, the media trying to cancel Michael Jackson twice. In 93, uh, 2000, 2003, and, uh, it was what yeah actually they tried he tried what 2013 too wade so we we've been through this a lot of times so this is this is nothing new the only thing that's different about it is that we have social media in, involved and that's like you know trying to tamper people's opinions and you know but obviously what look what was what is it right now is october now this happened back in what february march you know a few months later we're not even talking about that whole situation anymore that's that's done and over with so so for the people that was getting on that leaving Neverland train and riding with that side, they look like stupid idiots now because you didn't do any research and now you now you realize oh that was all a hoax. Michael Jackson's been innocent the whole time, so now it's cool. It's safe to be a Michael Jackson fan again. So that's why when F Wade came out, it wasn't cool when it was like people was like you're supporting a pedophile. I'm like I ah, know I'm not and watch when the truth come out, you guys are gonna look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Trapson, are there any videos or, or elements of videos that you've made that now you look back and you wish you didn't? Have is there any point in your career where you think you have gone a little bit too far? Uh, nah. There was no video I think I've done. There's videos I've done that I wish I could have done better. Like Peter Pan, I did a Peter Pan. That was a rush video. I, I just hated it, uh, the way it came out. That was one of my first videos. 
But no, I, there's no video where I feel like I actually went too far. Because I, yeah, I don't think I ever do. I, going too far to me is saying, like I said, it's like saying, I'm Michael Jackson, I touched those kids. That's, to me, that's going too far. You know, or being Michael Jackson as a transsexual. Something that puts Michael Jackson that's going to hurt his image. You know, put a Michael Jackson with a couple of chicks is actually going to make him I mean, look cool. You know, put a blunt in Michael Jackson's hand makes it look cool too, makes it look funny. It's it's, it's funny. Oh, Michael Jackson smoking weed getting high. You know, that's that's fun. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think, and, I, and I'm pretty sure Michael Jackson did smoke some weed. I'm pretty sure he did. If he did, and that's the thing, Michael Jackson did worse things. He that's how he that's what that's what led to his demise. He did worse drugs than weed. People are like that's disrespectful. Do you <laughs> weed is disrespectful, <laughs> but propofol isn't? What <laughs> you you know? So Michael Jackson would never smoke. He would never like you. You realize how Michael Jackson died, right? <laughs> he died on something way worse than weed. So come on, man. Let's not act like Michael Jackson was this person who never, who didn't do anything wrong or anything. And that's why I love Michael Jackson because. He was a human, just like just like you and I. Like he was a human being, you know. He did made mistakes. He wasn't perfect, you know. And that's what you know. That's what makes me connect with him even more. One thing that really kind of has always ticked me off big time in the Michael Jackson community, ever since I was a younger fan, is seeing people with sort of a perception of Michael that he was some kind of godlike figure or angelic and perfect and all these little fan accounts like you were talking about before, like MJ, Angel Wings, 777, all the... <laughs> I just made that up. I don't know if that's a real <laughs> right. no, that's, that's probably but, one of them. Um, that'll be a real account. <laughs> yeah, that'll do, be real. Someone has that. <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at, Trapson, do you think there's a danger in putting MJ up on this pedestal as being like this perfect angel-type figure? Yes, because... Because when he when he doesn't meet those expectations, then it becomes a problem. Like, or the real danger with that is that when we're trying to defend Michael Jackson, when times get tough, like Leave Neverland, when we're trying to defend Michael Jackson, they can look at that person's rap sheet and be like, "Oh, you're just a super Michael Jackson fan. You're by your your opinion is biased now because you don't believe that he could do any wrong." Like, I'm be real. I said, "Yo, I don't." Michael Jackson messed up by chilling with those kids. Like, I'm sorry, like, him. Chilling with Jordan Chandler and being so open, up, being so naive—that's what messed him up, you know. His, his, his—he made some decisions that were very questionable, especially um, his appearance. I've touched on this before. I said the way he portrayed himself—not saying he was a monster, but it just didn't help the allegations he was going through. You know what I mean? Like at, at times like that, you need to be looking your best. You can't be coming out in pajamas, you know, with the with a big wig covering your face when you, you know, when you don't. That wasn't your natural look. Post-it notes stuck on your face. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? No, no, that's my man. That's like if my cousin. I love my cousin to death. You know what I'm saying? We grew up together, that's my man. He got my back, got his back. But he go out and do something. He's he's on trial now for you know for murder, and he's out there shooting guns in, you know, in his backyard. It's like, bruh, like you might wanna put the guns down for a little bit while you're taking this trial because that's not gonna look good in your your court defense, you know? It's kind of like that, and I love my cousin, but you know you gotta be you gotta be honest. You can't just say, "Oh, he loves kids." Yeah, we know he loves kids, but don't you think you know that's not a good look holding his kid's hand and stuff? And it just wasn't a good look for him. Not saying he was guilty. I don't. I definitely don't believe he was guilty. I believe he was sincere because if he was, if Michael Jackson was guilty, he wouldn't be doing this stuff in plain sight. Sorry, you know what I mean? He's not gonna be. If Michael Jackson really was messing with little kids, he's not gonna be out here 
holding kids' hands in plain sight while, you know, like that's that's basically setting himself up. That's that's why he was that's why he was so confident, is because he know he didn't do anything wrong. And he's putting it out there, look, I'm with these kids, I love these kids, da da that. And um, you know, I have nothing to hide. Well, I mean, in your opinion, how did Michael go from being nineteen eighty four, relatable, untouchable king of pop to being two thousands post it notes on the face being on primetime TV, like talking about, you know, it's okay to sleep in the bed with heaps of kids, all that kind of thing. How, how did that transition happen, in your opinion? Well, Michael Jackson was always sleeping with kids, you know, even in 1984. He was chilling with Manuel Lewis all the time. They was sleeping in the same bed. He was doing that. He never, he, he always did that. You got to understand, Michael Jackson always hung out with kids. So in his mind, he just got older and, you know, well, he got older, but he's still young in his mind, and he's still doing the same thing he would do as if he was 9, 10, 11 years old with his brothers. He grew up like that, sharing beds and stuff like that. So it, it was never, I saw it, it was never a problem. It was nothing sexual. It was just, okay, we just, we have, we, we all watching the movie right now. We got a bunch of us here. The kids are sleeping in my bed, and I'll sleep on the floor. And the case closed, like, you know. But uh, and, and as far as, like, the look and stuff, obviously the Pepsi burn, that Pepsi, that Pepsi commercial is, is what really messed them up. Uh, it, it caused him to put, have that big ball spot in his in the middle of his head. Uh, his hair started falling out. It caused him to you know have to use wigs in the end, and uh, I guess that made him really insecure. You know, you think you, you go from having that cool jerry curl to now your, your jerry curl is falling out, and you have to wear extensions. You know, you know, like for example, the bad era and dangerous era, he had to wear extensions to, to pull you know to pull off his superstardom look. And then, you know, you're on top of that, you're starting to age now. You're starting to be in your late 30s, early 40s. Now your hair's, you know, his hair's starting to go a little bit because of the burns. I believe that played a part in his insecurity, along with, you know, the vitiligo, the lupus, uh, him being sick. And it just, yeah, it, I guess the universe wasn't on his side with that with that situation. And he kind of had to just roll with the punches, I believe. And he did the best he could. I guess after a while, he just got he kind of got tired. I think every celebrity goes through that. Where they, they kind of get tired of trying to uphold this image of always looking perfect. Like, you know, Michael Jackson used to come out in the 80s. <laughs> he was always dressed up, always swagged out, shades, glitter socks. You know, the Zaworski socks, glove. You know, it was always a, sh- uh, a fashion statement, always a show. But toward the later years, you know, he just kind of came out in a suit, with some shades and his, his wig. It's kind of real, real uh, low-key, real, real cool, not too loud. Yeah, and a lot of fans don't give Michael a break in that way. Like, when you think about it, that sort of relaxed MJ, pajama pants, do what I want MJ, is like the last 10 years of his life, really. But he had three careers before that, since he was a kid in the Jackson 5, the Jackson solo. He had been working his whole life. Didn't didn't the guy deserve just to be a dad for a, a few years? Relax? Right. He was, he was in his 40s. Like, he was... Like, come on. Like, he's... He 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 proved himself that look man I've get, I've given you my whole life my whole life is a catalog my whole life ex- of existence is on paper is is in the is in the music you have it you have my whole life let me just chill let me do what I want to do you know and that's why I give him mad respect for just like I say you know I don't I don't agree with him cutting his brothers off I think Michael Jackson. Um, his vibe was better with his brothers, but I respect him having to go his own path and, and do what he wanted to do because I love MJ with the brothers. I just love, I love the Jacksons, period. I love when they get together. It's just something about that that vibe that the Jacksons had 
even right now they all tour now i just love the, the songs they sing and the, and the vibe they create on stage and just to know that they, the whole you wouldn't have this michael jackson that we know now had it not been for the jacksons and joe and you know putting it all together back in those those early days damn right we saw them in australia early this year actually and they were still fire those those guys you just look at them and you go was James Brown your other father? Like you guys have got, you've got the groove, you've got the funk still, and you're like in your sixties or whatever, and you still up there on this festival stage tearing it up. It was a fire set. It was so awesome to see them again. It was so great. I, I, yeah, right. And then my my favorite, one of my favorite is uh, from the Jacksons, Tito. I love Tito, man. Tito yeah. is so cool. He's just so cool. Play his part. He don't say too much. He's like, I'm going to play my guitar. I'm going to sing these low notes, and I'm going to keep it moving. I'm not going to be out here trying to be the best. I play, I mean, like, I love Tito, and I love uh, I love all of them. But, you know, Jackie, Jackie's cool because Jackie was always like that cool dad kind of Jackson. Like, you know, <laughs> he's like super nice looking, yeah. super humble. He's always smiling. Like, if you ever watch those old videos of Jackie, and Michael Jackson, or all, all the all the Jacks in the studio, you'll see the look on Jacks Jackie's face every time he's like looking like he's so proud of his little brother. You know, what I mean, he's not he doesn't have any envious eyes or anything like that. He's just like I'm happy to be part of this whole situation. You know, I'm just happy to be here for my brother. I love that energy. Same thing with Marlon. I thought Marlon was like I'm mad that Michael didn't bring Marlon with him on the bad tour. I think Marlon was one of his best dancers that he ever danced with, better than any any of the dancers uh, besides Pop and Taco on the bad tour. And and then and then no, I thought Marlon was a very very great dancer, like very close to Michael. Jermaine get a, a lot of uh, flack in the community. So he was jealous. I'm like, man, Jermaine was to me. Jermaine wasn't jealous, man. Jermaine had his. He's an artist, you know what I'm saying. So he wants to be great too. He's not saying you know f my little brother. He's saying, look, okay, Michael Jackson is the best, but it's not fair because I have my own talent. I have my own voice. I have my own music that I want to get out, but you guys are making it hard for me because you keep comparing me to my great little brother. Like compare me to me. Like I'm trying to be me. And the fact that they automatically put him in, put him, you know, as a shadow living in the shadow of his brother. I mean, like, how would you feel? Even though you're just trying to do your own thing and they're like, you are, you, you're not as great as your brother. You having to hear that all your life. That would kind of make you feel some type of way. So I feel like my, Jermaine just never got the credit he deserved because he was all, he's very, very talented in his own right. Yeah, Michael never did like, you know, that song with Pia Sidora. That wasn't a Michael song. That was a Jermaine song. And that was that was a hit. That was huge. Mm -hmm. You still hear that song on the radio now. Now, one thing that is questionable is um, is the song Word to the Bad that Jermaine performed, uh, I guess the, the diss song to Michael. But then again, that's some that's between them. You know, that we don't know what happened. Like I said, that goes with the, Jermaine ain't perfect. Michael ain't perfect. They had a, a falling out. Jermaine took it out. Well, he got his feelings hurt. <laughs> well, that, that song was never even meant to come out. Jermaine, literally, if you read his book, I, mean, I don't know if you've read his book, but he explains in his book that, that he actually sung that out of anger in the studio. The producers, I think it was Babyface, he sang it into the mic after an event with Michael Jackson out of anger and frustration. And and was under the impression that was never going to come out. And they put it out without his permission. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah Michael Jackson had, was working with, uh, well, uh, Jermaine was supposed to work with these two producers. And it was supposed to be Teddy Riley and them. And then he found that out. And then Michael Jackson went to Teddy Riley. And 
then of course started the whole dangerous thing. So Jermaine got upset about it. Right. But, yeah. Because it was understandable. Wow. So that, that now now I've, I got even more respect for Jermaine because. Like you said, that's his little brother. They had a falling out. He had to, he had to get it off his chest. And you, you listen to the lyrics. It's not hate. It's his frustration. Hate is be like, I'm better than you. It's my throne. You know what I'm saying? You ain't as great as you think you are. Like you know what I mean? Like you, like he's just saying like, look, man, you doing this and that. You making me feel this kind of way. I feel like I, I mean, it just felt like he, he had some pain. But it wasn't. I, I I never felt jealous vibes from Jermaine ever. You know, I don't understand why people even think that. So I, uh, I I wanted to ask you because one of my one of my favorite videos of yours is the one where uh, well I think you have a few now that or you, you did a few that it's Michael Jackson meets Prince so could you tell us about <laughs> some of the collaborations and how they come about Oh yeah I had a homie that uh, he looked exactly like Prince to me he been called that all their lives and um, I have a lot of friends that resemble a lot of celebrities and they've been told this all their lives and but they never had a reason to have to, to have to portray these people. So I like, you know, I'm good at like scouting people out. I'm like, you know, you'll be, you'll be good for this character. You know, put some makeup on you, give you a little outfit. You can pull it off. So obviously what made me want to do the MJ and Prince thing was, uh, I, I, don't, you, I know you guys probably saw that interview a couple years ago that Quincy Jones had basically broke down exactly what happened uh, behind the scenes of that James Brown concert between Michael and Prince on stage. Yeah, it's one of my favorite moments. Right, <laughs> that that video. I've been watching. I've been watching that video for over ten years, and I thought that was so hilarious because I'm like, "Yo, why, where where was this video at my whole life? This is how this is Michael Jackson and Prince on stage at the same venue, and you know, Prince was high as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he got. <laughs> I'm like, yo, and then when once Quincy Jones said, "Yeah, you know, uh, Michael Jackson was you know trying to battle him. He basically was trying to be a competition and uh." You know, after this, after the show, uh, uh, Prince was outside waiting for him with a toy and try to run him over. I said, "Yo, I gotta make, <laughs> I gotta make this a skit, man. This has to be a skit." And I and I, my bull just like Prince. I said, "We gotta add, we gotta make it funny, and we gotta like do like what happened in between, what happened afterwards. Let's paint, let's paint the visual of what, what Quincy Jones said. I want to paint the visual of you trying to run me and Latoya Jackson over after this show, and um." <laughs> Yeah, people really, uh, they they really dig that video. Yeah, that was yeah, and then obviously it's, it's part twos and stuff like that. We try to create our own little scenarios with Prince, uh, like when Michael Jackson breaks into Prince's house and puts an air in his uh, shampoo, <laughs> and his hair falls out. <laughs> like we always try to cut. We all we 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 taking shots at Prince all the time because Prince is always shady, taking shots at everybody else. Yeah, but we we kind of put those videos on the pause for a while. But yeah, but um. Yeah, those those are clear. Yeah, I gotta make some more of those now. As you guys mentioned that, that was <laughs> God, they're so good. They're like they're like my favorite ones. Right? Yeah, those those reach more like, the MJ fans. I, I was watching the one recently where uh, Michael invited Prince to duet on Bad, and uh, Prince was like, "Nah, man, nah." These lyrics, and he re he did the trash version about oh, yeah. it. It's like he's talking he's talking <laughs> about Latoya and stuff. That was so Latoya's mine. I'll be beating it yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. man i uh, love it yeah man because because have you seen uh the interview i think it was between chris rock and prince mm -hmm. and prince was basically saying you know uh you know yo who like i'm not saying that to you you're not saying it to me and i heard from another source that 
Prince did make a make make a version of that and sent it back to Michael Jackson and said that's how it should sound. <laughs> yep. I don't know how tr- I don't know how true that is or not, but I was like that'd be funny if we actually like had Prince do his version of bad and put that up and have you have it be on some cocky stuff where Michael Jackson really trying to be sincere and collaborate and Prince try to play him out and you know get the upper hand and make fun of him. Yeah, so yeah, that was the yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I think there is actually some truth to it. They, uh, they, they didn't. I don't think he ever sent it to him. But I know that there's. I, I, I read one, a couple of his books, and in a few of Prince's books, like multiple people mentioned that there is another version of Bad that Prince made. <laughs> so it's somewhat oh, true. Just I don't think Michael it. ever heard it. Oh wow! They need to, they need to uh, crack open that vault mm-hmm. and let us hear that because I <laughs> can you imagine if it sounds identical to the version we made? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> that Latoya mentioned Latoya, and yeah, that'd be cool. Yo, that would be crazy, man. But uh, you know, God rest both. But God rest both of them, man. You know, that's the same Prince Prince had left, and that's what I'm saying. That's that's that. Yeah, well, that's a whole other conversation. That's that whole deficit was real suspicious anyway. They kind of went out the same way that Michael went out. Basically, they trying to say he went out off of drugs. I'm like, uh, I don't believe. I ain't really buying all that. But uh. That's a whole other conversation in itself. Uh-huh. Trapson, tell us about your production team and your role in that. You mentioned before that you, you do quite a lot in, in the production of the, the videos. So what goes in to producing a Trapson short film and soundtrack? The way I go about making these videos are that uh, I usually have a person, you know, a couple of videographers on set. Uh, you know, hire some guys to shoot some videos, or if, it, if it's like a, a big production, if it's like a little skit, I'll just do it on my cell phone, or whatever. But for something like Traps and EO, for example, you know, you get a couple guys out there with the cameras, give them a, a synopsis of what the video is going to be, let them see the let them see the vision for it, and then um, we'll film it. I'll direct it. I have my boy Michael Donis. Uh, he played Scooter in Traps and EO, and he helped me write it, helped me direct it. Cause it's it's a lot of work, man. People see the video, they think it's just all. Oh, it's just fun. Him acting like Michael Jackson and all. It's it's a lot of work. You gotta get people to rehearse stuff. You gotta get people to get the angles right. You gotta get people to get outfits and locations and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, but uh, it's is it, that traps and yo took about two years to finish. Uh, yeah, because well, well not straight, you know, I because I had to do other stuff in between, but I put it on the side for a while. Took me a year to film it just to get everything together, you know. Stuff costs money; it ain't cheap. <laughs> uh, just to film something like that, um, but yeah, so, stuff like traps and yo is a lot of effects in that video. It's a lot of acting, it's a lot of um, music, and a lot of dancing. So you have to we try to we try to combine two two films that was filmed around the same time, the same era all into one little movie and then you're trying to satisfy both fan bases both the last dragon fans both captain eo fans you know you got to hit certain beats so people feel like oh okay they, they really you know try to do both you know all at the same time because you can't do everything at the same time you can't give them the whole movie you can't it's not a remake of the movie it's just you're just paying homage to both of these films but yeah i, I do all my own editing do all the sound design well i don't create the sounds from you know scratch but i'll you know find different sounds i'll compose all the sounds together and yeah, man, it's a it's a pretty pretty uh precise uh process. I mean, I've watched a lot of your videos, but the one Traps and EO when I saw that recently, I again I was so blown away by the quality of it. 
um, just in terms of the costuming, the sound, the lighting, everything about it was just a triple plus standard quality. Uh, it's incredible what you bring to the community, and I think we're all very lucky to see see what you're doing. Talk to us about the journey of Traps and EO a little bit more. Like, when did you come up with the idea for it? What were some of the challenges you had as you were putting it together? Okay, yeah, there was definitely a lot of challenges, uh, but the idea came from just being a kid. And I, every time I watched The Last Dragon, I've always felt like he reminded me of, like, I always felt like Bruce Lee reminded me of one of the Jacksons. He, he was he kind of he's remind me he remind me of Michael Jackson a lot he was he had a soft voice brown skin curly hair like a jury curl he had the moccasins that remind me of the 1984 loafers that Michael Jackson wore during those during that time and you can see his white socks so I felt this guy kind of reminds me of Michael Jackson a little bit and if you watch Captain EO and you and you you look at the behind the scenes you realize that Captain EO was shot in 1985 uh, Last Dragon came out in 1985 it's very similar eras. And then what, what is what is Michael Jackson doing to Captain EO? He's fighting, uh, you know, negativity with his music. He's using his music to change the world. And and then I'm tra- I'm Michael Travis, and my whole theme is I got the glow. I'm glowed up. I'm all that. If you watch The Last Dragon, it's, oh, the man with the glow, Bruce Lee, where he got the glow. I'm like, that's perfect. What if Michael Jackson was... The, was Bruce Leroy? What if Michael Jackson was in The Last Dragon? That's a good idea. I could do. I could actually do that now. And I could be the. And I. And people say, I kind of like Bruce Leroy anyway in my face. So they're like, Yeah, you could be Bruce Leroy without even with Michael Jackson. You just be Bruce Leroy. I said, How about I be both? I'll be Michael Jackson and Bruce Leroy. You know what I mean? Be Michael Traps and EO. And and I said, like, You know what? When I get the glow, I can transform into Captain EO. And it was just, it was just one idea came after the other. And I was like, I'm about to mix all this stuff together. So, yeah, I had to try to hit certain beats from both movies. Obviously, when, you know, Bruce Leroy sees uh, a show enough. Of course, we call him Glow Enough. And these, these people are all, like, you know, first, these guys are all dancers that I found, you know, at uh, at little dance studios. Just going around, you know, checking out just different just different vibes and stuff in Philly. Ran across this guy, ran across this, this tall, six-foot-four dude who was, just, who was just out there just dancing. And I'm like, wow. I'm looking at him. I'm like, yo. I can use you to be to be show enough. Put the put some hair and makeup on them, and this guy was good to go. All I do is give these guys a little direction and tell them, you know, what we're doing, and they they just love what I'm doing, so they always be excited about uh about doing these little projects. But uh, but yeah, the challenges for Traps and Yo, man, it was that first day was was hard. We thought we was gonna get everything done in the first day, and it, it didn't happen. Uh, like uh, we basically only got half of we got half of we wanted to get done that first day. I had to rent this warehouse out. You know, you gotta pay for uh, what's called uh, uh, insurance. You gotta pay. You know, you gotta pay for these things. They're not cheap. So, but I guess the the owner of the of the warehouse saw that I he realized that I didn't get everything I wanted done. He saw a look in my face. I like d- during like the last hour of filming, I was depressed because I felt like we wasn't gonna get everything done. And I wasted all my money on my time. We still got a whole bunch of scenes of film that requires this one location. The owner was uh, he saw he saw my look in my face that I was like you know kind of sad. So he's like you know what man, just come back any day this week, man. You can finish anything you need to you need to finish. So I was able to go back and you know finish more scenes at that warehouse. So that was that was God on my side that time, man. Cause I was like man. I was depressed. I almost felt like quitting, you know. Editing the whole video took a lot of time because there's a lot, there's a lot of effects, and you know, for you, if you, I don't know if you guys know about editing, but you got to do some certain effects. You got to do frame by frame by frame, and that stuff can take hours. And it's only me doing it all by myself. There's no big team or there's no, you know, office 
where this whole thing gets, you know, chopped up at. No, it's just me in my room and my mind and my hand on this computer, you know, ch chopping everything up over and over again, watching over and over again, doing the sounds and, yeah, trying to put it all together. I'm blown away because it's so big. I thought there would have to be, like, you know, editors and special effects people, like, coming in to, you know, you're paying, like, other businesses to do the special effects and, it's it's that big. I'm I'm just blown away. That's incredible, man. Yeah, I taught myself how to do all that stuff uh, for this project because I used to work on my actual laptop, and then I was like, you know what? I need something with bigger power. So I bought me a, a iMac computer, and I downloaded uh, Premiere, downloaded After Effects, watched tutorials on how to do all the special effects. So I was learning as I was doing this video. So this this it's not only a project, but it's also like a a learning experience. At the same time, I had to do all these effects, and I just wanted to make something that you know the MJ community could really be proud of. And you know, like I said, we don't have, and that's that's the sad part about being a Michael Jackson fan is we don't have anything. Well, not that we know of that we don't know. There's no new. There's no new music that Michael Jackson can can record right now. Like Michael Jackson is not here to present us with anything that's like you know new. In his own right, and I mean, the the state might drop something that was recorded twenty something years ago, and it'll be new to us. But Michael Jackson is not putting out anything anymore. So I, I guess it's up to us tribute artists and us MJ fans to to kind of continue giving the community product. Whether it's you got this this podcast right here or the show, the MJ Cast, whether it's this, you know, you know, talking about Michael Jackson stuff, keeping people updated. Uh, tributes that go out there and perform, you know, to give them that, you know, that uh, Michael Jackson experience. People who vlog and do, you know, have channels dedicated to Michael Jackson. It's really up to us to keep the legacy going because without that, it'd be it'd be a very very uh, miserable situation in the MJ community. The MJ community wouldn't be what it is without people like us, you know, creating and inspiring. So true. <laughs>
Hi, I'm John Barnes, producer, writer, musician, and arranger with Michael Jackson. Make sure you pay attention to the MJ cast. It's great. How do you finance something as big as Traps and EO or the the Vibration video, new Vibration? How do you finance something like that? Vibration, that didn't really cost that much because, you know, I got videographers that, you know, they don't charge me too much, but... It's a fair price. I try to make sure people, you know, you know, got get enough money and stuff for what they do. Then we shot that in a day. Like those kids you see in, in the Pepsi commercial, those are all my little cousins. You know. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, like it was like a we made our own little block party basically. We illegally blocked off one of the streets, but <laughs> people <laughs> people they they'll see some cones and they'll see a, a tall guy looks like Michael Jackson. They don't they don't act they don't think twice, especially in Philadelphia. <laughs> there's nobody there's nobody knows. They're gonna be like, "What? Do you have a permit here?" They're like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna be just gonna go the other way, or we're gonna watch that. We're gonna watch it a little bit. It's entertaining to watch." And yeah, like a lot of some of them kids came out. Some kids came out from New York. You know, I told them about it. There's my little little traps and fans, and they really appreciate what I do. And their parents brought them out to be in the video. Uh, the one little kid that it zooms in on that's drinking the Pepsi, he hit that surprise look when he sees sees Trapson, and um, yeah, I think I think that video was one of the most uh, uh, special videos because it was a lot of love in the air uh, on that set, and all my all my cousins that brought their kids, they were kids when when it when the Pepsi commercial, the original Pepsi commercial came out in '84, they were like, yeah, it was funny because we were their age when the video came out and now using our kids, you know, you know, remaking that video, it's like deja vu. It's amazing, man. And it's a beautiful thing. You're bringing these kids together for a positive purpose and not just remaking the commercial. You're trying to let kids know that uh, you need to stop drinking soda. It's going to ruin your brain. It's going to ruin your body. It's going to ruin you in the long run. You keep drinking this stuff, uh, but you need to drink more alkaline water, not just regular water, but alkaline water. That's good for, you know, your pH system and, for your blood so yeah man but uh eo did that that was uh that was a little more expensive but um you know but that's a but you don't pay for all that once you do it over time you know that's why i took uh, you know over the course of a, uh, a year of filming and then another year just on and off of editing you know but mind you i had to put out videos like you know look at my tap those mj and prince videos came out a lot of those uh michael jackson in the studios and <laughs> quincy jones diss tracks and a lot of Dirty Diana, all this stuff came out in between the, the, the Traps and EO projects. So it was always something in the background that I was working on, but I was also trying to flush out other content as too. As well as living my own life, man. I'm, I'm not trapped since 24-7 either. <laughs> so with, when you're uh, funding these projects, I know that a lot of people use YouTube AdSense to gain funds for these projects. Uh, do you ever have a problem with that? Do you, do you do okay with the AdSense? Mainly because of, you know, since it... Since you are, uh, it does fall under parody what you're doing. A lot of other channels are having problems, you know, getting their funds because of copyright claims. Do you ever have a problem with that? No, because uh, not for Travis and Yo, because I've made sure that every piece of audio that I use in there wasn't like it was either remade or it was like cut from scratch because I couldn't risk even like the symbol, the, the part of. Uh, the El DeBarge parody that that, that you saw in the Chinatown scene briefly, uh, it, was, it was the part when I was in Chinatown. You seen the, on the TV where I'm acting like El DeBarge. Even that 10 second little instrumental had to be it couldn't be copyright. It had to be a remake instrumental, different different key, different note, you know, kind of but very similar to the original. 
the Trapson, the Captain EO, do 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 do. That was totally remade from scratch. A lot of them, we did a lot of remake music, so in different different little keys, different little uh, comp- uh, compositions. So they couldn't, you know, you can't copyright it. I mean, yeah, it, so it's not copyrighted. It's not. I'm not gonna get striked for that. Okay. So yeah. Also, your uh, your new vibration video it truly pays homage to the great Victory Jackson's era. How did that tribute come about? Man, I've always wanted to do that commercial. Um, I kind of did it in the first Billy Jean and I dab parody, like the the uh, if Michael Jackson was a trap rapper, whatever. If Michael Jackson made trap music like back a couple years ago, we did like a quick little video, quick little part of the video where like the the, the guy bumps into me and I turn around. Whatever he had the the red jacket on, and the funny thing about that part is that that guy actually looks like Alfonso Ribeiro grown up. <laughs> so that's why I'll put him in a video. I'm like, it'd be funny if you actually like bump into me now. You're like a grown man, and he looks like Alfonso Ribeiro. And he played Carlton in my if Michael Jackson was a fresh was in the Fresh Prince. I don't know if you guys seen that one, but he played uh, Carlton on that one too. That that idea came about because I've always wanted to do. I always thought a commercial was cool. You know, it's 1984. It was it was a no brainer. It was okay. This, the, the Pepsi commercial was 84 era, victory era. I need to re- I need to remake this commercial. It was real quick, real simple. And I was going to do it a couple years ago, but I didn't have all the resources I needed. I had, all I had was Pepsi cans. I didn't have the right kind of jacket. I didn't have the right outfits. I didn't have the right loafers. I didn't have the right kind of hair. I didn't have anything. I just had an idea that I want to do. I didn't even had an instrumental. <laughs> I just had an idea. I was like, I need to, you know what I mean, make this happen, but I don't have anything yet. But Sometimes great things take time. Well, it paid off because it was an awesome, awesome birthday tribute. Absolutely. Right. That thing did better than Captain Traps and EO. <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, Traps and EO was fine, but this was shorter and straight to the point, and it has a way better message. You know, and and I'm and I'm just happy that one it did over half a million views and it's still growing. I know at some at some point it's gonna get a million views and. That's cool, man. I'm glad that people are catching on to that. I rather and I I'd rather have that have more views than like you know, uh, traps and EO or like you know some other stuff, because that one that's the kind of message I want to uh, promote to the kids: positivity. You know, traps and let's change gears a little bit and think about the reality of being a Michael Jackson fan since he passed away in 2009. How do you think, or what do you feel about how the Michael Jackson estate? is handling his legacy posthumously. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's questionable. That's tricky because I'm not sure. I feel like they don't really know what to do. You know, they don't know what to, they don't know which, they need somebody like us <laughs> to come up in there. They need more MJ fans, like not just fanatics, but like MJ fans who get it and who get what MJ fans want to see. You know, they need to stop playing around. They need to drop all the footage that we want to see. Like, and I asked my friends, why is why don't why don't we have any high quality destiny and victory? No, high quality destiny triumph and victory tour. They, really triumph. There's no high quality triumph anything out there. Full tour, four concerts. Where is the victory tour? Full concerts. That's in HD. History has the most clearest version. And I'm not trying to hear that. Oh, it was filmed in the 80s, so it doesn't have no because you have stuff filmed in the 60s from the Jacksons that's clear as day. People can remaster footage easily. That's not a problem. And they have HD footage of the Victory Tour. If you look at the one they had on uh, MTV uh, a couple years ago, and it has the whole... You know how... You ever seen that video where it's like the Victory Tour montage and they're playing Billie Jean? Yeah. And they like... The girl's like, yeah, I wish I could be a left-hand white glove. Nobody be like Michael Jackson. He's the king, you know? So stuff like that. I'm like... But it's it's filmed like a, like a, like a early 80s movie. 
You could, it's, it's mad. It's super clear. It sounds good. Michael Jackson looked like he's in Crush Groove or something on, on stage. Where's this full concert at? Why haven't we been able to see this? We get little snippets and little, you know, VHS quality concerts from back then. But when, if you look at the the Victory Tour uh, promo, they was basically saying there's a whole camera crew responsible for making sure you get everything on camera. You know, every every show was recorded. So where's all this footage at? Like, why don't we have it? Like, why they they need to start putting that out there? Like, there's more. We seen because we seen all this stuff a million times. I think that's a, that's something we us fans can get forward looking forward to. I mean, to seeing more, you know, content, and you know, that'd be good for us. We can learn more moves. <laughs> and the thing that's so funny is that you know the MJ cast has been doing this for quite a while now, and they ask these questions, and all, almost everybody says the exact same thing: like, where are these things, and why can't they do what we want? It's like so. It's not like it's a uncommon thought throughout the entire MJ community. It's like that's why I just don't understand why what who who is there that just doesn't get it or doesn't want to get it? Because at the end of the day, it comes down to money, and they they go, "Oh, can we put it out? How can we make money off it? You know, how can we capitalize on the most money we can make off of it? And or they'll put it out when they're in desperate need of you know." attention like when the whole way thing was going on everybody's trying to get michael jackson what happened they put out on a, they put out uh what was it the bad concert or something like that on youtube yeah free footage go watch it on youtube for free <laughs> a bad what, tour concert what, what was that what at the fuck? yeah <laughs> we've been at you for that fuck? i mean thank you i watch it appreciate it but <laughs> what was that the whole time or what we saw yesterday was um, the, the Michael Jackson estate announced their first official product since the whole Leaving Neverland thing happened. And it's a commemorative edition of This Is It film. Uh, I think it costs some ridiculous amount of money. Certainly over $500. How much is it, Jankers? I thought I thought it was like around 300 Am I wrong? I'm not sure, but... It, yeah, it's like three or three or four hundred US dollars. So for us, that's like seven hundred bucks oh, or something. Oh, jeez, yeah. ridiculous amount for of what? money. And nothing, there's nothing new in it. It's just all a commemorative edition of this is it stuff that's already been released before. But I mean, this is a a film that's made up of footage of rehearsals. Michael Jackson was literally killed because of these rehearsals and the way he was treated in them. And they're celebrating that again ten years later. That's not what the fans want at all. I mean, granted, it was cool. To be able to see, you know, Michael Jackson in his last days and see how he was, how he's performing, how the show could have been, that was cool. But like you said, man, we want to focus on more happier times, more happier grooves. There's tons of footage back then, and they like it's all about money. They just want to catch. They taken advantage. It's been ten years since this is it came out, but yo, it's also been forty years since Off the Wall came out. Drop some of that footage from the Destiny tour, you know, that last leg of the Destiny tour, you know, from when it's, when it's doing all the off the wall song, off the wall songs, you know, uh, it's about to be uh, forty years since the Rock with You video, since the Triumph tour happened. Drop some of that. We need some clear footage ASAP because, of, like, you know, fans getting tired of seeing the same old, same old. Like, we're tired of seeing history. We're tired of seeing dangerous. Let's go see more of it. Give me some Jackson Five stuff. Like, give me, give me all that. Give me, give me. I want it all. It's my Michael, and I want it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want all the glow, man. Give me all the footage. It's there. Like, why? Like, it's like he's been gone for for ten years. Like, okay. Like, 
Are you yeah. gonna give us some new songs? Or you, like, I mean, give us something. You know so what, what it about, is. What about the songs then? Because the songs, the songs that come out are usually remixed reproductions by current producers. What do you think about those things that come out? Oh, they hit and miss. Like some of them are groovy to dance to, but it's like ah. Uh, Michael Michael wouldn't have made that, so it's like uh, that's just your version of Michael. You know what I mean? So it was cool. It was like it's it's, it's fun. Uh, I mean, I like the unreleased songs from like Bad, unreleased songs from Thriller that came out a few years ago. I like stuff like that to hear, like you know the songs that didn't make it to Thriller. You know, like Hot Street, uh, Carousel, Got the Hots, stuff like that. I like stuff like I like uh, hearing songs like that or. Uh, Night was it night night ride? Uh, no, no, nightline. 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 Yeah, yeah I love that one. That one's that one's got the glow. Right, and, and that has nineteen eighty two all over. It has early eighties. It really could be eighty four. It sounds like it sounds like it was ahead of his ahead of his time. You know, eighty two because people was kind of still on that coming off that disco vibe still a little bit. Cause, you know, the Triumph era. And that's another just Triumph album is a very underrated album, man. Like, it's so underrated that even a lot of MJ fans who love Michael Jackson don't even know about that album. I'm like, you never listened to the Triumph album? No, I never I never heard. I kinda missed that one. I'm like, it was it, it was right in between off the wall and thriller. How could you miss it? Uh the Jacksons. Oh yeah, that's y'all. Oh, so the okay, listen to that Triumph album. Now you'll start finding your glow. You got songs like Heartbreak Hotel. You got songs like Can You Feel It? You got Lovely One. You got um, Walk Right Now. That's one of my favorite songs from the Triumph. That's one of the best. That is hard. That is that is a hard-hitting track. And there's they performed it in the Triumph tour, but they don't have any footage of it. I mean, they have footage, but they didn't put it out. I saw somebody sent me. You guys follow that page, uh, uh, Triumph Tour 1981 on Instagram? No, but I... Uh, I'm going no, I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, writing that down. There's a page called Night Triumph Tour 1981. They post everything Triumph Tour stuff. And at one point they sent me a clip. It was like five seconds of them saying, Well, right now, I ain't playing. And you're like, yo, I'm like, they performed this? And then it was cut short. I was like, nah, where's the full where's the full footage of this? Oh, I can't show you this. I'm like, man, if you don't send me this footage, bro, like I need to see. All that man, like so. There's footage of the of these songs being. It's probably it's probably gonna be some footage of Pyt being performed somewhere. Somewhere there's footage of that. They need to they need to drop it and release it. This is an awesome Instagram page. I'm looking through it now. It's got heaps of um stills as well, photos from behind the scenes of the Triumph tour. Yeah, man, this is my new favorite Instagram account. I love we will link that in the show notes, folks. Link that in the show notes. Thanks for that. That Justin. is awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to stay connected with the um, with popping in the, in the MJ community, man. And I'm always trying to reach out to everybody too, like just to let people know that I ain't some egotistical uh, tribute out here. Like I never try to let anything change my morals and stuff like that, man. Like I always try to, you know. Get, be in the community. I'm not trying to be above the community, but be in the community. You know, you know, because uh, you know you got some guys out here that do Michael Jackson. They think they just hot stuff. And they think, oh, I've been a Michael Jackson tribute for 40 years, and you know, I'm the best. And oh, yo, that's that's one thing that pisses me off with some of these tributes, man. I'm the best. I'm the best. Like, no, you're not. Sit down. Michael Jackson's the best. You make the best of nothing. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, I hate some of these guys, man. They be divas. I'm cool with a lot of them. I love a lot of them. But some of these guys, man, I can't stand. I was like, yo, like, why do you even put on a loafers, bro? It's like, you should do something else. If you're trying to be competitive, like, this, this is not a competitive, it's a tribute. You know what I'm saying? There's, everybody out here can eat. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can have their show. You know what I mean? You can never have too much Michael. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and what's their names? So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no, no. I, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure if you if you've been if you in the MJ community, you probably already know who they are. I've I've probably um, interviewed a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I spent you know countless hours on perfecting my crap. Man, shut up, man. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Sit down with that crap, man. Have fun, man. Because in 20 years, you're going to be washed up and there's going to be some new kids coming up. Mm-hmm. Same thing for me. In 20 years, I ain't going to be, I can't be Michael Trapson or a Michael Jackson should be forever. You know what I'm saying? You, everything has a shelf life. Everything has expiration date. So the best thing you can do is to be, be, you know, be kind to people, show love, you know, appreciate what you got, have fun, you know, and, and keep it moving. Like, oh, I just... Oh, that's that's another topic, man. That's the part that kind of makes me be like, I need to be more of an a-hole to some of these guys because you guys don't have, like, not to be cocky, but you you guys haven't done even a a fraction of what I've done or had a a fraction of an impact that I've had on the MJ fandom, but you guys are acting like you're Michael Jackson himself. You act like you you made Thriller. (laughs) You act like you, Michael. (laughs) You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm like, bruh. Now, I, I, I will drop one person because I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it's one dude. I don't know if you guys seen my video back. I did a I did a tribute as OG Kano to Michael Jackson like 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 maybe like six years ago or something like that or five yeah. years ago. Yeah, I think I know that one. And, and I'm rapping and I'm like and I had this Michael Jackson tribute play the the character like play the the image of Michael Jackson the spirit of Michael Jackson. I'm dancing with him and stuff like that. His name is like Mickey J. This dude. Going, uh, you know, he, I thought he was, my, mind you, I met this guy when I was 10 years old. 10 years old, right? And I look up to him, you know, to me, he was Michael Jackson. I'm like, yo, this guy looks like, my, I never knew, what, I, de- I never knew impersonators existed. So I met him. I said, wow, you're, I mean, you're amazing, you know? And I took a picture with him. You know, my my, my parents kept in contact with them and, they, you know, they work with them some, from time to time. Fast forward, you know, uh, was it 20, no, the fast forward about, you know, 10 years, 11 years later, I see him again, like, whoa, I haven't seen you in a long time. Remember this picture? Oh, I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I said, yeah, I'm doing a tribute for Michael Jackson. I want you to be a part of it. Oh, sounds good. I'll do it. He came out, did the video. It was all good love, all good energy, all cool. You know, fast forward again to me becoming Trapson. Now he looking at me like competition. So well, this, instead of being like, you know, oh, yo, I saw that video, man. I'm, 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 you know, I'm happy to see you doing good things, whatever. No, this guy blocks me. Wow. <laughs> Blocks me out and says that, oh, he thought I was in competition with him because I started doing Michael Jackson too. I'm like, dude, you like 50 years old, man. Like, you had those, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool. Like, this dude been doing this since back in the 80s when, you know, he was doing Victory back when Michael Jackson was looking like Victory. I'm like, man, like, like you, you had your time, bro. Like, let me, like, do you realize you're not the only Michael Jackson impersonator, not even in my area? Like, there's people. You ain't the only Michael Jackson to exist, man. Like, I'm just paying homage to you, bro, because you know I respect you, and I wanted to, you know, what I mean, do something for Michael. Like, but it, it ain't about you. Not Michael. You know what I mean? You, you're not Michael Jackson. Like, th- if I want to do Michael Jackson, 
If I would do a tribute to Michael Jackson, does not put me. That doesn't mean I'm trying to compete with you know uh, Rodrigo Teaser. If I do MJ, I'm not trying to compete with E Casanova. I'm doing MJ because I want to do MJ. Yeah, you know I mean, you guys are not MJ. You know what I'm saying? Now me doing Trapson, that's that's in its own lane. That's why I like Trapson because nobody does Trapson. You there ain't nobody trying to rap as Michael Jackson. So that's our own category in itself. Same thing with you know Santana Jackson. I don't think so. You guys, you guys know Santana. Y'all seen Santana the, the, the DDT Moonwalk dude? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, he he normally does yeah, like the wrestling rings Jackson. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. That's oh, my bro. Right. And I, yes. And I, what I like about Santana is that he he the same thing I did. He took Michael Jackson's character, mixed it with, with something he loves to do, and he brought Michael Jackson into the wrestling world. Now, now he's wrestling as Michael Jackson, pushing the legacy even further out there. I could never have thought of that. You know what I mean? Mm. So now, he, so now it, it went so far to that the actual WWE stars. We're doing his move on, you know, Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, where the, the chick was doing the DDT moonwalk. That's awesome. I'm like, wow, look at, look at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, look what, uh, look what us MJ fans are out here doing. We're reaching, you know, WWE. Trapson, I think I saw in one of your live videos, the ones that go for about an hour or something. I think that you mentioned sometime that I don't know if there were channels or something have asked you to perform as Michael in sort of skits and stuff, but you found what they were asking you to do disrespectful and you turned it down. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I had some creators. I definitely want to drop any, I don't want to drop any names, but I had people, creators that asked me, yeah, let's do some, something that involves, you know, babysitting and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have, you know, we'll have you be the babysitter, but we'll make it look like, you know, Okay, no, we shouldn't use him to be the babysitter. Like stuff like that alluded to we don't want this guy to be the babysitter because his past. Like, you know, stuff like that. I had people trying to ask me to do something where like, you know, I'm insinuating that I'm, you know, trying to molest kids or just like typical nose falling off stuff or me trying to play myself out saying certain things like, yo, you know, I'll bleach my skin. Just, just, just stuff like that. You know what I mean? They they try to make make it not even fun. It's not funny, it's not it's not in good taste. It's obviously people who don't who are not really Michael Jackson fans. They want to make fun of him, and they wanted me to be the face to do that. I'm like, nah, I, I, hell no. Nah. You know what I'm saying? If I'm gonna make fun, it's gonna be on some some fun. It's gonna be funny. It's not gonna be, oh, I'm trying to really like paint Michael Jackson to be a monster. You know, like not in that sense. If it's a monster, it's gonna be something like Thriller or the It parody. You know what I mean? And Michael Jackson was a monster. Have you seen? Is it scary? Have you seen Ghost? You seen Thriller? He was he turned to a monster. <laughs> like you're making Michael Jackson a monster. Well, cool. He wanted to be a monster. Michael Jackson loved horror movies. Like what are you what are we talking about? <laughs> so Trapson, you're dropping a few of your favorite MJ things there, talking about some of the the stuff that he's done that you love. Let's take that even further. We want to find out exactly your favorite MJ stuff. So we've got a list of things here to go through. First of all, I want to know what you think is the number one best Michael Jackson album and why. I think I can guess which one. Oh, yeah, it's Thriller, no question. Thriller, uh, I mean, of course, I love my some of my other favorite songs are on other albums, but Thriller is, is, the, is the ultimate package because it has my ultimate favorite Michael Jackson song on there, uh, which is uh, I Want to Be Starting Something. That's my favorite Michael Jackson song of all time. Uh, me too. Yeah, that's my. it just puts me in the mood. It puts me in the same groove every time I listen to it. I just... I can listen to it over and over again. It puts me in a magical place uh, because it has, when we start something, Billie Jean, Human Nature, Beat It, 
Driller, the girl, the girl is mine. You know, P. It just has the total package of a dope album and a, a dope era for Michael Jackson. It was a, a really mad. It's something about that the production. It had a really magical sound that early '80s, you know, grit that it had uh, captured in Michael Jackson's vocal cords back in those days. Just the performance that go along with the whole era, you know, the era, the era behind the album. So that makes it kind of like you know, kind of magnifies the album. You know, it makes it even better. Uh, so yeah, that, the Thriller album be, be my favorite. All right, what about your favorite Michael Jackson video or short film? Should I say? See, that's what it gets. That gets that gets tricky. I always, <laughs> I can never choose one, man, because uh, like growing up, my favorite Michael Jackson video was was black or white. I thought that video was the coolest video growing up. I think now. Uh, uh, it's dance yeah, it's, it's hard, man. Well, short film, I'll just say, like, like Thriller, Thriller's always gonna be my favorite. Yeah, Thriller's gonna be my favorite because not only not because it's Thriller era, not because it's so typical, it's because it's a horror movie. I love horror movies, especially early '80s horror movies. Like, I'm a big fan of Halloween, the original 1978. I'm a big fan of Halloween. I love Friday Thirteenth. Uh, I used to I used to watch all those werewolf movies like The Howling and stuff like that back in the day. I love I just love that early '80s horror feel, and that's what Michael Jackson captured with you know they all captured that in that in that movie. And oh, Return of the Living Dead. You guys know that movie, Return of the Living Dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Return of the Living Dead. I love stuff like that. Man, I love those those old school zombie movies. So I'm getting Michael Jackson in a zombie movie. You know that's that's how I look at it. So I yeah, Thriller's my definitely my favorite of all time. I think I'm going to be able to guess this, but what's your favorite MJ look? Uh, it's when he was six. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, we, we can be. I mean, I can say victory. We, we can be specific. My favorite, like, look of Michael Jackson specifically. You guys know the victory cover where he's like kind of doing the shush sign. He has the the. Um, it must have been backstage of the victory tour. He has like that greenish. Uh, pinkish white uh, jacket from the yes. Victory Tour, and he had he's saying yes. he's like, Shh, you know, he had to get the, the hair slicked yeah. back. That's my favorite look of Michael. That that's my favorite MJ jacket. I I, I don't have it yet, but I, I'm going to find out how to get it made. That's, I know it's going to cost a lot of money, but I want that jacket. I love that look. He looked cool as hell. I got to see that jacket at the um, Grammy Museum in Los Angeles. For real? It was probably, yeah, it was probably, it was many years ago. Let me try and think when it was. It would have been about 2010. Oh, wow. 2010 in that Grammy Museum exhibit, that jacket was there and I was blown away. The detail in it, it just does not come up in pictures. Like you think, oh yeah, that's like a silver jacket with some green sequins and big Swarovski Chris no no that's not even silver fabric that's like tiny little beads I'm like that thing would have weighed an absolute ton it was incredible I'm looking I'm looking at I looked I'm looking at it right now on Google yeah you're definitely right wow this 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 is in California it was I don't know where it is now if it's still at the um, Grammy Museum or not people let us know send us a tweet send us an insta post or something but yeah that was a pretty special jacket to see because it is incredible. Right, I need to get a replica of that jacket ASAP. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because no, I ain't ever seen nobody try to replicate that jacket, and there ain't no sites that. This is 
you could you could tell that's another you could tell Michael Jackson's jackets were all made with serious love, man. Yeah. Like this as much as Michael Jackson put into his music and craft, these people put into his jackets, man. <laughs> that same level love and energy went right to his jackets. So also, what is your favorite tour of Michael Jackson's? Oh come on, man! You really gotta ask that one. <laughs> I, I had a feeling that I knew what it was gonna be. <laughs> well, definitely Victory Tour for sure. Yeah, I mean Victory, and then Bad will come second, and then third will be the Triumph Tour. Only because I haven't seen too much of Triumph Tour, so I haven't seen like too much good quality footage. But the Victory Tour, hands down, the best. Even though the, the Billie Jean breakdown wasn't as extended, but still, it was. It, it didn't matter because it was the way Michael Jackson did his moves. People think, oh, he didn't have all the moves yet. No, but it was the way he did the moves he did have. That's what I like. It's not about the quantity. It's the quality of the moves, the quality of the man that we're watching. And he's singing at the same time live. And his voice was perfect on that tour. So I get an all-around good package. The only thing I wish I could have had from that tour was better sound audio. Which the estate need to drop that, <laughs> fix that, get that done, get that get that situated, man. We need that good audio quality and good video quality victory tour. <laughs> yeah, I agree. One one thing I wanted to ask you that I was gonna uh, I forgot to ask earlier was speaking of the singing and dancing that he does on tour, which one do you think is more difficult to pull off when you are actually performing? Well, they're doing that both at the same time. Like that's that's the magic of Michael Jackson. If you're gonna sing and dance with. 100% energy, you know, going like you're not, you know, Michael Jackson gave all he, all he got. So when you're pulling when you're pulling that off at the same time and you're looking cool while you're doing it, come on, bro. That's that's the magic, man. Like Michael Jackson did that effortlessly. So yeah, but nowadays you don't have to sing live. You can just have an audio playback and that's what MJ did during the history tour, you know, and but by that time he didn't have he had nothing to prove anymore. He already here he proved to, proved to the world that he's a star. He already did everything. So now he can just sit back and and just kind of run through the show and just, just perform his all all his hits. And but can you imagine if history was was sped up like how the like the bad tour and like victory were? Like can you imagine Stranger in Moscow sped up to victory tempo? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I was wandering in the rain. <laughs> That would be kind of hot, though. You know what I mean? But he would have passed out for sure. <laughs> it's, it's too many songs. He had too, By that time, he had too many songs.
Hi, this is Brian Loren, songwriter, producer for Michael Jackson, and you're listening to Jamin and Q on the MJ cast. So obviously, Trapson, it's been a pretty difficult year for Michael Jackson fans. We've had Leaving Neverland. It's been probably, apart from 2009, I would say this would have to be the most challenging fan, uh, year I can... Well, no, I mean, there's the tri- 2003 was pretty tough too, but this is one of the most challenging years as a Michael Jackson fan I can remember. And I guess I just want to ask how, how have you coped this year? How have you looked at it and gotten through it? Like I said, we, we've been through this before, so we at least we had preparation all the last 25, what, 26 years of dealing with the media trying to go against Michael. I've been dealing with it, but just taking it and throwing it right back in their face. Like with the skits we did with the F. Wade, uh, if Michael Jackson was the next Friday when he was like, you know, had the gun points away, Robson's head. <laughs> um, we just fight back this time. We we don't we don't act we don't act soft. We just we we attack. And now we have social media. We use our platforms to spread the truth. We, you know, I had Brandy Jackson on my YouTube a few months back. And we you know kind of talked about some things and just keeping it real on on my channel. She, she's you know spreading her truth about her uncle and just keeping it real, man. Because some people. They just, they don't know. They don't, they haven't done a research or anything and they just, they can believe whatever they told. But, uh, so it's, it's just important to understand. You got to keep it, you got to be strong and don't get, don't get so caught up in what's happening right now. Is this because these stories is all for shock, it's all for shock value. You know, Michael Jackson, uh, raped these kids. That's shocking. Not Michael Jackson is a good person. You know, that's not going to shock anybody on, you know, the news, so you have to understand. It's all propaganda. It's all to get a reaction out of you, the MJ fan. They want to get a reaction out of you. They want to get you all rallied up to make their story more popular. So now, for the future, what we got to do is when something like this happens, and everybody has to kind of be conscious of this. When a new story comes out that says Michael Jackson did this and that, don't say nothing. Don't react to it. Don't retweet it. Don't don't post about it in your stories. Don't be like you see this. Don't do none of that. Ignore it. Act like it didn't, act like it didn't happen. It seems like that's exactly you know what, I mean? what the MJ estate is doing right now. Yeah. That's what the MJ estate is doing, but that's not what the people are doing. People are reacting to it. But if you don't react to it, if you just ignore it, like if everybody collectively did that, man, there wouldn't be no stories no more because they only do it for a reaction. A reaction equals currency. So that was the whole point. Now, now you, now you see what happened. I called this out a while ago. I said, this is what's going to happen. They're gonna run with this whole Neverland stuff for a while. It's gonna be the big thing, whatever. It's gonna be the. It's gonna, gonna try to cancel Michael Jackson. Everybody gonna be kind of riding that wave. Oprah, everybody gonna ride that wave. Then once that simmers down and that story kind of gets old, the new story is gonna be ah, the accusers were caught in a lie. Oh, plot twist. You know what I'm saying? That's the new story now. Yeah, that's the now. That's the era we on now. You know of the. Oh, these guys are lying. Duh. We was trying to say it the whole time. <laughs> you guys wasn't listening. <laughs> So it's all for shock value. That's all it is. That's why I never take it that seriously. At this point, we're preaching to the choir. You know what I'm saying? We all know that we all know Michael Jackson's innocent. Put the information out there. Okay, cool. But our main focus did it be on the groovy stuff. You know what I mean? This is exactly why I became Traps in the first place because for years, all I was seeing after, like, all, all I would hear about if Michael Jackson, oh, Michael Jackson's a pedophile. Michael Jackson was on drugs. Michael Jackson died. You know, Michael Jackson's surgery. I'm like, yo, whatever happened to when, like, when you heard about when you heard about Michael Jackson, it was all about it was all about the music and the dancing, like how incredible he was. It wasn't none of this, you know, controversy. Y'all. Like Michael Jackson ended up being only famous for 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 turning white and for the whole allegations. 
That was the biggest stories you'll see about Michael Jackson in the last, let's say, uh, since, yeah, last like 20 years. Those are the biggest stories. The other, like Michael Jackson, you know, giving up to charities and Michael Jackson uh, healing kids and all the good he's done. Those don't make headlines. The, the, all the BS makes headlines. So I'm like, yo, I don't like that. Because I remember, that, well, I, don't, I wasn't around, but there was a time where Michael Jackson only made headlines for his for his his music, his product, his art. You know what I mean? Those, and that that's got lost in the 80s somewhere. That stuff stopped happening in the 80s and maybe early 90s. And that's why I want to get back. So we need to focus more on the art. I don't want to hear about the sad stuff anymore. Like the stuff they put on TV. I want to, the next film, I don't want to see a, a searching for Wonderland or whatever. I don't want to see that in that. I don't, I don't want to see that. I want to see something happy. We all know, everybody knows that what happened at the end of Michael Jackson. I mean, it all came crashing. Okay, let, give me a film dedicated to the uh, a dancer's perspective. Somebody who danced to Michael Jackson. Give me a give me a biopic like that from a dancer's perspective. You know, like give me give me a movie about uh, how it was to be uh, Lavelle Smith Jr. or something like that. That'll be an interesting movie. Dancing with Michael. You know what I mean? You get to know how it was to be in a position of a dancer in, in the 1980s, being on the biggest you know show of all time. You have somebody a Michael Jackson tribute that can pull off the the bad era look, and you kind of go through this of this life of how Michael Jackson would be the Michael Jackson the performer. We don't want to know about Michael Jackson. We don't want to dive too much into Michael Jackson, the person, because that leaves some more controversy. We just want to focus on the art. Focus on what he was most famous for, what he's supposed to be most famous for. You feel me? That's the movie I want to see. Not from the security guards talking about him and Blanket and all that, you know, pop. Like, we don't want to see all that. We want to see how is it on stage. The stuff we, the, the most important, the stuff that made Michael Jackson the happiest. Michael Jackson was the most happiest on stage. And the music make it more happier. Make a movie all about that. You know? Just got some news headlines in. Branka, you're fired. And Trapson, you're now in charge of this. One thing I've always thought would be neat was like, I'm always talking about how how could we portray Michael Jackson correctly in a movie because, you know, of his changing states. Have you guys seen the deep fake stuff? Yeah, oh, it's yeah, yeah. Scary. It's completely terrifying. But I think that that would be like a neat way to portray Michael in a movie because there's hundreds and hundreds of hours of him, you know, doing interviews throughout his entire lifestyle. And all they have to do is analyze all that footage and then put it onto a character on whatchamacallit. I don't know. While we're talking ideas, that just popped in my head. So <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a that's a very great idea. I've seen that. I saw a video of uh, uh, if Jim Carrey was Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that was, that looked just, it was spot on. Yeah, it's nuts what they can do. Now, if they did do a something like that, that'll make it ten times easier. Cause then you can have, you know, somebody like in a trial area. You can. I, I don't mind being a white person playing Michael Jackson when he was white because that looks more natural to me. Like when they when they, when they try to do a Navi and searching for Wonderland or searching for Neverland, and they like he 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 just look, you could tell he was black with his white makeup on. Mm-hmm. Like no, Michael Jackson at the time was pale man. Like he didn't have any color. Like. There's nobody black out here looking like that. So now it takes me out the movie. I want to see somebody that looks like, give me a white guy for that era and just deep fake his face to make him look like, you know, like Michael Jackson. But he still has to look somewhat like Michael Jackson so the deep fake doesn't look all out of place. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, with 
especially with the state involved, they might get lazy and make this thing look like a real CGI fest. Oh God! It's <laughs> start looking oh, crazy. I can't think it's start looking that. terrible. Yeah, that'd be. And then scary. with with all this talent we got in the community, you can have Jeffy Perez play the voice, like the singing the singing vocals of Michael Jackson. We have all this talent in the community. We it could be multiple people playing Michael Jackson at the same time. Like you can have your guys on the stage performance Michael Jackson, and you have your guys doing the acting parts. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, they they need me in the cutting room for these projects. <laughs> so, uh, so as we get to a close here, where do you see yourself going from here on? That's the, that's the thing, man. I don't have a um, I don't have a particular goal. Like, there's there's no the particular end for me. This is kind of like a like so all this stuff kind of happened by accident. So this is like still like a ride for me. Like it's just like okay, I'm just enjoying the ride, and whoever comes from it, it just it just come naturally. I met some of the most coolest people in the world, you know, doing this stuff, you know, like the whole MJ Avengers and just people I come across just, just from, you know, the relationships I built just off of traps and alone. Like it's kind of, it's crazy how that happens. So well, I just want to keep continuing to make MJ inspired videos. And maybe, maybe I might be a director or something, man. Cause I'm already directing, directing these films and stuff like that. And I'm kind of, Kind of, I kind of like being behind the camera, man. So you never know. You might see uh, M Trap Shyamalan films. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. <laughs> We've got a question here to wrap up with, and we ask this to every special guest that comes on to the MJ cast. How should Michael Jackson be remembered, Michael Trapson? Michael Jackson should be remembered as the GOAT the greatest of all time, he should be remembered for his legacy, his music, uh, him being a humanitarian, you know, his love for the world. And he should be remembered as if, as he was, you know, there was, it was straight, he was straight to the point, man. He cared about the world, cared about the kids. And he should be remembered as, you know, the great, one of the greatest, you know, people to exist in this world to give us his life and his legacy. And it should always be positive. Nothing ever negative about that. Brilliant. That sounds great. And of course, we have so many listeners that will want to connect with you even further now online. So would you be able to share what your uh, handles are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Michael Trapson Official. They finally verified my page now. So as you, see, you see the blue check mark there. <laughs> you can follow me on, uh, on YouTube. Um, it's Michael Trapson. Just type in Michael Trapson. My channel will pop up. Facebook, same thing, Michael Trapson. That's M-A-C-H-A-E-L, just like Michael, and then Trapson, T-R-A-P-S-O-N. Trapson of Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody got to your Michael Trapson on Instagram before you did? Or did you just go with official? Yeah, yeah, some some kid had it like a while ago, and he didn't want to change it. I think he changed it now, but... uh, Yeah, Instagram just randomly verified my page one more, and I was like, oh, snap, well... I got the check mark now, so I might as well keep it. That's pretty dope. <laughs> All right, Trapson, thank you so much for sharing where people can find you online. That's awesome. Our listeners are going to want to find you for sure. Uh, and, of course, if, if people out there want to continue connecting with us as the MJ Cast, we are at the MJ Cast on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find our website at themjcast.com. Uh, we love it when people listen to our show. We are a podcast first and foremost, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're all over the interwebs. Just search the MJ Cast. You can track us down. We do news and discussion on Michael Jackson. We do 
special interviews with people who knew and worked with with the King of Pop, and and of course people who do great tributes as well, like uh, Michael Trapson. And of course, we're lucky, very lucky, to be here today with with Jenkins, another host of a great Michael Jackson podcast, Moonwalk Talks. Loved the recent episode on Star Wars, Michael Jackson being a Jedi. Uh, Jenkins, where can people <laughs> find you online? Uh, just uh, Jenkins with two eyes on Instagram, um, and then my podcast is Moonwalk Talks. It's a Michael Jackson podcast where we find the theories and fun facts about Michael Jackson. And Traps, and I just want to tell you, man, I do want to say thank you for what you do because it is awesome to have a positive, fun, entertaining uh, representation of Michael Jackson out there instead of, like you would say sometimes, having just only talking about the problems. And it's, so I want to say thanks for doing that and i hope that you do continue to keep that fun positiveness going out there okay oh yeah no problem thank you man for you know for getting it and appreciating it yeah it's really good but yeah you can find you can find me moonwalktalks.com um, that's my michael jackson podcast i put out an episode every seven years so <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. what's the instagram what's the instagram uh mine is jenkins which is uh, j-a-n-k-i-i-n-s okay okay Okay, music band, ex rapper, Michael Harry Gray. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. That's me. <laughs> That's him. And Jenkins, of course, he's the OG. He was the original Michael Jackson <laughs> podcaster. We're like, we, we came in on his coattails. And then they destroyed me. <laughs> and wow. here you are. You, now you're on the show yep. <laughs> again. <laughs> Well, guys, this is this has been really awesome. This has been so much fun, and I really hope some people go and head over to Trapson's YouTube page and give Trapson EO some love, give New Vibrations some love. Go watch some of the funny, the the parody stuff, the comedy stuff, the stuff with Prince. Check it out. Buy the merch; it's really cool looking. Buy the merch. There's merch. We need to get more videos from Michael Trapson to buy some shirts, folks. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) But Michael Trapson, thank you so much uh, for not only giving us the glow and... Pause. I ain't give you the glow, man. I give all the girls the glow. I don't give guys the glow. All right, I'll give the guys the glow. You give the girls the glow. It'll oh, all be good. Man, whoa. There you go. Uh, but thank you so much for your awesome videos and your awesome tributes. They are super entertaining. And yeah, I, I think Michael would have dug it a lot. So thank you so much for what you do. Oh, thank you guys, man, for holding down this podcast too. That's what ah, we do. You're welcome. That's <laughs> what we do. We do what we do. And again... Jenkins, thanks, man. It was great talking oh, to you. Oh, you know I love you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Love you too, man. But I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna wrap it up now. So this is Q signing off. Michael on. Have a great, great fortnight ahead. We're gonna see you guys with another episode soon. Keep Michael.
Carr.